Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Dan, what's up, brother? Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I want you to tell us, for those that don't know you, who you are, what you're about, and uh, excited to have this chat with you today. So, Well, first of all, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name's Dan. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my entire working life. I've never gone out into the career world, never had a corporate job or anything like that. In fact, I don't even know how to write a resume. Just sort of figured out my own things from the beginning, and and it's been a journey ever since. My current business is Unbound Merino. We're a you know we we were a clothing brand positioned towards travelers, you know, to help them travel lighter because we make antibacterial and odor resistant clothing that you could wear multiple times, you know, even multiple days in a row without it needing to be washed because it's never going to smell and it's it's antimicrobial, antibacterial, and all that. But uh, you know, that messaging as a brand worked really well for us until there was a global travel ban and then stopped, the message stopped working. So we're still a clothing brand, but, you know, we're navigating how to reposition everything about how we have been communicating. So it's been a fun journey, but, you know, we're still growing year after year. We sell in over 100 countries. And uh, to be honest, I'm having the time of my life. It's the most fun I've ever had in an entrepreneurial venture. And things are good, man. That's great. If you're not having fun, it's like, what's the point of doing it? So I, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying. Um, I, I have a question now, because you already have a large enough customer base, I'm assuming even though people aren't necessarily traveling, you have kind of like travel leisure type clothing, you have stuff that people could just wear around if they wanted to. So do you have a lot of repeat customers currently that are kind of helping, you know, keep revenues stable and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, our returning customer rate is really high. Word of mouth and returning customers is like a huge thing for us. And I think while we have, you know, we set up the the marketing of the brand to be a, a, a way of traveling lighter and a way of traveling better, uh, people figure it out for themselves that it's the benefits of this kind of material, the merino wool clothing is beyond just travel. I mean, it, people who have the minimalist attitude realize they can just own less stuff and that appeals to them. People who are a little bit more on the environmental side, they're, they're drawn to the fact that you can wash it less and consume less energy. Sorry, I have my pug here. I got to yeah, go crazy. So I got to yeah. hold them down here. Um, you know, the, our, our customers are smart and they find ways uh, that it, it applies to their lives in more than, ways than just the travel. Uh, of course, a big thing through COVID has been this whole work from home thing. 
So a lot of people, we've, we saw this inflow of new customers, people that used to go to work wearing a suit and tie that they're not, work, they're not working that way anymore. The suit and the tie has been replaced with a t-shirt. So a lot of new people are in the t-shirt market and people that do, you know, go into work and they dress in a suit and tie and they're, they're particular about what they wear. They're particular about the t-shirts they wear too. So, you know, it's one of the highest quality materials you can make a t-shirt out of. It's beyond, you know, any, I, it's beyond Pima cotton, you know, as far as sweaters go, it's beyond cashmere. It's a really, really luxurious, high quality material and people who, are looking for that kind of level of premium t-shirt or they're coming to us. So it's been great. And actually just understanding the, the target, target demographic, probably if I was like a gambler, man, I would bet that those people probably have even more dispensable income and a little extra cash to put money towards because they're business people. They have recurring revenue, they have jobs, whatever it is versus, you know, maybe somebody that's a little bit more nomadic. That's kind of, doing their own thing or is the target demographic still the same? It's just the um, application and how people are using the clothing is just different. Well, you know, we, we, the range of customers, we have the enormous, but we have the people who are our, our biggest customers. I have emailed, reached out to, gone to phone calls with trying to figure out who really is our customer. And you know, the, the, the common, I mean, there's no, complete consistency through all of them but a common string that i did find through the different customers is a lot of them sort of have this life hacker kind of personality you know some people are uh entrepreneurial some people are are in tech um but they're all trying to figure out uh how to live more optimally so you know the they in terms of their health some of them are into like biohacking and stuff like that uh really mindful of what they eat and you know they consume really good quality food they have like good quality clothing. They tend to be more experience driven than materialistic because our stuff is very plain. It's really high quality, but it's not flashy. It's not like a, a Supreme t-shirt or a Gucci belt or something where mm -hmm. you're really trying to show like this is, you know, an expensive brand and it's rare or whatever. It's very simple stuff, but really high quality. So you tend to get these people that have this sort of lifestyle it's a holistic sort of lifestyle but yeah some of them have money some of them are not on the high end of you know the income level but they are very very focused on living very minimally and traveling very light very nomadic so it's i think this common string that i've seen in the customer is the mindset thing there's sort of this like way of living in this experience driven life that i very much like me I yeah. feel like I'm very much the core customer that makes the marketing of it very easy and straightforward for us to figure out how to sort of target into that niche and find the product market fit. That's great. I guess my next question is how do you find the customers? Um, what's been the most successful channel uh, marketing, uh, you know, content, like what, what is it that has been the most effective method for you to actually go out and find, find customers? Well, you know, you have to, you have to try to go at it from every angle. And we've had, when we first started, we started as a crowdfunding campaign and we had a successful crowdfunding campaign. So we got our first 2000 customers that way. How much from there, we tried to raise $30,000 and we ended up with 400,000. Oh, so we wow. blew our goal yeah. out, but that gave us 2000 customers and the 2000 customers gave us our, our initial momentum. So not only did we have 
the word of mouth from those 2000 customers. We also had them coming back, buying more stuff. Cause if they like one t-shirt, then maybe they'll come back and buy another one or another two. So we had that, we were lucky for that. And from there, we sort of thought we can't rely just on this and our crowdfunding campaign is over. So we tried Facebook ads and that was about four years ago. And I, Facebook ads are still unbelievably powerful, but back then they were even more powerful. And, and she kind of went crazy on that. At first, I remember putting like, you know, $100 a day into Facebook ads and being like, that's like a lot of money. If these don't work, we're going to spend three grand at the end of this month. We can't afford to spend three grand on something that's not going to work. But we figured it out fast and it was awesome. Like we, it was within the first month, we were up to $1,000 a day spending on ads because the return on ad spend was enormous. And at our peak, we were spending like, I think, 2,500 plus a day on ads. And we were only able to do that because it was so effective. And the big problem that we had from there was that we didn't have enough inventory. So we, you know, we sold our stuff too fast and then we had to rush to get inventory in and we figured that out. So that was a really, really good run that we had, but it was limiting in the sense that we were so focused on Facebook ads that we weren't focusing on SEO. We weren't focusing on email marketing. We weren't focusing on Google AdWords. And when Facebook ads dipped a little bit, when our, sorry about my dog barking. I hope that's not too much of a nuisance, but you know, I, don't, I, can't, I can't control the guy. Um, so when Facebook ads would dip and they would, it would be like kind of like monitoring a stock market. Like if, if sales were unbelievable one day, I remember on Amazon Prime Day one day, our sales as far as the Facebook ads came in just completely dropped. And then our biggest source of revenue, it's like we're, we had all our eggs in one basket. So we said, we can't live this way. We can't have our business be so dependent on one, on one form of acquiring a new customer. So we really got serious about SEO. We really got serious about emails, doing email campaigns to existing customers and getting more people to sign up to our email list. But also these email flows, like if someone bought uh, a t-shirt, we'll, they should try our underwear and maybe after seven days, I'll get an email that says you should try the underwear and all of these cross promoting flows. Sorry. Is it scratching my bad? Sorry. Um, so we're focused on having just a really healthy mix. And over the years we've gotten good at sort of spreading it out. We're not any one form of uh, customer acquisition brings in too much. So it's all about the balance. Um, and every day is just like a fun challenge. It's just like trying to make emails work, trying to make Facebook ads work. Yeah. It's just like, make sure everything's running, make sure everything's doing well. And, uh, you know, I wake up every day loving what I do. So that's all good. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's the key to success. And I feel like once you find that and you live that way, it doesn't matter monetarily, financially, like, whatever your goals are, as long as that is a, a, the metric, you can consider yourself successful, you know? And uh, I think a lot of people wake up every day hating what they're doing, going to jobs they don't like, being around people they don't want to be around. And that's just a, it's just a horrible place to be and not a great place to live. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you like your work and you like the bed that you sleep on, you have two thirds of your entire life figured out. <laughs> so like it's like that's it like like you, the rest is just like the relationships yeah. you're in and the people you're around right but like literally you have a good pillow a good mattress some good bedding and a, and like what your work is you don't even need to get paid a lot you yeah. just have to like going to work what's, so what's your favorite your mattress are you a casper guy or i have an nd mattress which is like a canadian casper 
Okay. I'll have to check Which, it to out. be honest, I love it. I love it. But, uh, you know, I'm always wondering, like, with a mattress, you get a mattress and then you have to sleep on it for so many years. And then you kind of, I'm kind of thinking, oh, well, do I love this? Would I love another one more? But I'm not going to go buy <laughs> another. It's not like a t-shirt where you can completely, like, I'm going to try this one out if I don't like it. Yeah. You know, go buy another t-shirt. The mattress is a big commitment. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, so, I think I love it. I think it's the best, but I don't know. I don't have a lot to compare it to. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your top three uh, life or travel hacks that you that you like to follow? Oh man, I, my the way I travel just evolves all the time. My, my new, I I mean, just as far as packing goes, I really like the reason why we built this company is because I was looking for a product like this. I discovered merino wool. I, we didn't invent this material. It was just largely made as active wear and outdoors wear. So I remember I was going on uh, a trip and I was in a cocktail bar and I had, I only packed like three t-shirts, but this was before our brand existed. And I remember going to this cocktail bar and the, the clothing I had with me, it performed as promised. You know, I didn't have to wash it as much. I can pack less stuff, but I was looking back at pictures and thinking like, I didn't look, like I should be in a nice cocktail bar like that. I looked like I should maybe I should be out for a jog or something. <laughs> I was trying to find plain, like, you know, nice t-shirts that you can sort of dress up with a nice pair of pants and like a watch or something just, but basic stuff. And it was really hard to find. So that's why we created Unbounded. So this, what we created really is to me, the travel hack of all travel hacks, but traveling to me is like a very personal experience as it is to everyone. Right. And if I'm just, as you asked the question, the first thing I thought of when I was thinking of travel back when traveling was a, a thing in the, in that utopia we used to live in, <laughs> um, I stopped looking up places to go. So like I used to go and like look up every meal, like I want to find this, you know, I was looking at uh, TripAdvisor and Yelp and anything they could to get, get the best food. And I found I was just going to places where everyone in there was a tourist. And sometimes it was good, sometimes it was disappointing, but I already knew all the food and I was, had so many expectations and it had to just live up to these expectations in my head. And what I started doing when I, recently when I was traveling is I stopped looking up everything. So I'd look up, like if I want to go see like a sporting event, I'd look up what's so I can get a ticket. But other than that, I, roll, I leave everything up to the cosmos. I just roll the dice. I'll walk down a street. I'll sort of, this place looks like it has a good vibe. I have no idea if it's good or bad. And, and I find that sometimes the meals are not going to be great. Sometimes they're going to blow your mind, but I just love the, the rolling of the dice. Mm, and that's just, yeah. and then I try to meet people that are locals and just tell them, like, tell me where to go. And yeah. I just take their word for it. You know, that's what, that's what my wife and I love doing is uh, just going to all the locals, wherever we are and getting all their insight into what to do, where to eat. Um, and then the, the one thing we have been doing too, though, um, which is cool, like in the States, Michelin rated restaurants are usually pretty expensive. Uh, but I've noticed traveling internationally, you can find Michelin rated restaurants and they cost the same as, you know, a, 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 a restaurant, you know, right down the street is like a mom and pop on the yes. wall spot, you know, it was, so I found that that's pretty effective and kind of a cool way to eat really well when traveling. Yeah, I had a Michelin. I went to a one-star Michelin restaurant in Hong Kong. And my meal was ten bucks. Yeah, let's see, that's amazing. Yeah, right, and it was right. mind-blowing. Like I, I, I yeah. just like I, I, I yeah. would get on a plane right now just to eat that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But I'll yeah. tell you, when I, 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 last time when I went to Philadelphia, I was looking to eat a Philly cheesesteak, 
and I saw this guy walking down the street. He looked like a, I think he was wearing a Phillies hat. Something about him, I remember, like, this guy's from Philly, but he was, like, 6'3", maybe, like, 350 pounds. <laughs> and I just, like, this guy probably knows cheesesteaks. So I was like, excuse me, I'm not from here. Can, do you mind telling me where they get, like, what's your favorite place to get a cheesesteak, like, in Philly? And he's like, Jim's. Like, like, so serious. Like, gyms. Go to gyms. Don't go to Geno's. Go to gyms. Like, All right. It was the best. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, lo- lo- living like a local in every travel is awesome. Yeah. So in, in terms of um, brand and company vision, um, like, how big is the company? Like, can you talk about revenue size at all or team size or, or like, how – how are you guys yeah, doing? You know, we're selling in, in 100 countries. We're going to do over 5 million in revenue. Um, you know, I never, I'm not really like money motivated. I wish I, if I were more money motivated, I'd be like more of like a growth kind of CEO. I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's growing. It's growing. In fact, we're growing like really, really rapidly to the point where it's like I could take the foot off the gas and we were still just growing. I think just on the power of word of mouth and some of the momentum that we created from the early days. Um, it wasn't until COVID where our growing stopped. Like we, for a couple months there, uh, we completely stagnated. Our revenue even went down, but in, in the process of being freaked out by the fact that our revenue stopped growing, we started doing all these other things to crank our revenue back up and we're growing again. So even though we, had to take a sidestep to everything that we were before, which was very much a travel brand. We're back on a growth path. And, you know, the lifeline that we have is we've always just been an e-commerce brand. We don't do any wholesale. You can't find us in any retail stores. It's all online, all direct to consumer. So that makes it a really healthy business for our profit margins, makes us resilient to things. Yeah. Like you own, you own your customer channels. I mean, that's like, that's invaluable. That's this is so important. That's such important assets to have, um, which is great. I mean, D to C is like, in my opinion, no better way. Retail is so tough, and you have to compete with margins, and then they 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 own your your customers. Yeah, it's just a, it's a pain. But yeah, and, the, and in our company, there's less than ten of us. You know, there's three. We do our own fulfillment. We have three in our warehouse. I have two business partners, one other guy in our leadership team, and then a couple contractors. You know, with web development, design, stuff like that. So we're very lean. And even if we grow to two, three, four, five times the revenue, we don't need to grow in size of our team to that degree. Maybe add in one or two people. So we have a really, really nice path ahead of us and a road ahead to to grow in a healthy manner, as we've done from the beginning. We've stayed lean from the beginning. Our first warehouse was in a storage locker. We didn't move out of the storage lock. We, then we had to have two storage lockers and three in this like self-storage facility. We didn't get our own warehouse until we were like two and a half, three years in. Um, we just run really lean. We've always been remote. We haven't been like top heavy at all. So it's, it's, I, I've learned my lessons over the years. You know, in my previous business, we grew really fast at a big office and you know, what is it until you have like, you know, we had at the time 20 employees in this awesome office space where we realize how expensive it is to run a company. So everything I do now is like to, to live more simply, to do things smarter. And this business really caters to that, the way it's been built and what we stand for. I love that. Yeah. I just made a quick note. I love that from storage room to, to, you know, 5 million, I think it's, it's just a cool perspective to show kind of where you guys evolved from. 
and the only money that you took was the crowdfunding campaign, uh, but everything else has been bootstrapped. You don't have any venture, venture money or investors or anything, right? No, there was a time when we, I, I told you, when we cranked up our Facebook ads or in those early days, we were spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars a day on Facebook ads and we couldn't keep our inventory in stock because we were selling stuff way too fast, which is like the best problem to have, but it's actually right. a problem. When it's going to take you a couple of months to get more stock in, you can't, you have nothing to sell. All of a sudden your revenue completely stops. You have to stop everything. Um, Were you shipping inventory from a different country too? Cause then you have to go through customs, which I've dealt with. We do before. some, we, we did, we do a lot of our manufacturing here in Canada. We some overseas okay. overseas stuff takes a, like, that's when there's yeah. a challenge. It takes a lot longer to come in and there's, but we do our own fulfillment. Um, there was a child. Uh, yeah. I, remember, I almost forgot what I was about to say, but uh, there was a time when we were selling our stuff out that we we're like, we need way more money for inventory. Like just be able to, cause by the time we get this inventory in, we're going to crank these Facebook ads up. We're going to be sold out again. We need to order more. And plus it's taking three, four months for it to come in. What are we going to need in three months from now? And what will that, we need to make sure that lasts us three or four months from there. So we need to order so much more inventory than we've ever ordered before. And we just don't have the money for this. Like, what are we going to do? So we went to the bank and we asked them for a loan or a line of credit. And because we were only in business for a little over a year, they're like, you don't have enough, you don't have enough financial history for us to be able to give you a loan. We need at least two years of financials. Banks in Canada are really conservative like that. They don't take risks. So, okay. So that was off the table. We couldn't, the other option was, let's find a private loan or get an investor. And then we'd have to carve up a piece of the, of, of the, of the, of the whole pie and give it to someone to give us some equity. But because we were still a young company, the value of the business wouldn't be very high. So we'd probably have to give a lot of the equity in order to get a bit of cash from an investor. And we didn't know anyone that would have like the dough to like loan us any money. So what we did was we did another crowdfunding campaign. We oh. created a hoodie Smart. and, and, we, we, ha we already had a customer list. We already knew how to do a crowdfunding campaign. So we did it again and we sold another $400,000, uh, in, in pre-sales and that gave us a cash injection to put into inventory. So we were able to circumvent ever having to sell off a piece of the company or having to figure out how to get a loan, which we just couldn't figure out. So that was like our, our second cash injection that without that, it would have stalled our growth. We probably would be about a year or two behind where we are right now. That's fucking cool. I love the stories of resiliency like that. And I think crowdfunding, some people know how to crack the code. You guys obviously seem like you have. The second time was obviously helpful because you had an established brand, you had a customer list. But with that first 400000 why do you think you raised so much? Is it just the product was so compelling, you did a good job on the crowdfunding campaign? Or did you guys have some like secret tactics, some digital marketing stuff that you did that worked really well? Like, what was the, what was like the, the cheat code behind that? Well, I'm going to preface that with saying that I had another business before, which I grew and I was, it, it, I'm proud of what we did, but I was really miserable. And I, I, I loved what I was doing for a few years. And then I spent years where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And that's why I wanted to create a new company. So this business that we were starting Unbound Marino, I needed it to work because this was like, if this didn't work, I was going to go like learn how to write a resume and apply for a job because I couldn't do what I was doing before. So I was hell-bent on making this thing work. So as far as the crowdfunding campaign goes, I left no stone unturned on figuring out 
everything that we could do. I, lo- I studied every, what I did is I looked at all the successful crowdfunding campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I took notes about all the things I liked and Frank, we Frankenstein together a campaign that was like based on all of the, the successful strategies that came before us. Um, we relied very heavily on friends and family to give us our initial uh, momentum. So this is, there's two things that I would say are the key things we did that made it successful. One is, is manufacturing that initial momentum. Now I can go to my friends and family and say, can you please back my campaign, put a dollar in, put $2, whatever, and just send a bunch of mass Facebook messages and they could either support it or ignore it. And I've been on the receiving end of these, Hey, can you vote for my campaign? Can you back my campaign? But you could tell that I was, they just messaged a thousand people. And if I didn't reply, they would never even know I read their message or not. What we did is for every single person that we already asked if they would, in a month from now, when we launch this campaign, will you back it? We created a custom video for each one of them. Now it's just, I turned on my webcam and I'd be like, Andrew, how are you doing? It's good. You know, remember I said I was going to launch this campaign. Well, it's, it's live today. Your support means so much for the past year and a half. We've been busting our ass and I, I, this whole thing. And then I, I exported it, put it on YouTube as a private link, and I sent that to Facebook. So if you got one of those videos, you're going to see a thumbnail with a play button, and it's going to say Andrew.mpeg or .mov or whatever. You're, it's going to be pretty compelling to click play. Yeah, yeah. And what we were doing with that video that was different than a mass message was at the very least it warranted a response because I was speaking to you directly. Right. Yeah. I was loading some inside jokes in there. I was drinking whiskey all night because we had hundreds of these to do. So some yeah. of them got like crazy. <laughs> and, and like their people are laughing and, and people would almost all of them responded. No, almost all of them would go and they say, you know what? I'm going to support you. I'm going to buy a t-shirt for, you know, it was a good deal at the, it was our cheapest we ever sold it for. Some people would reply and say, dude, you know what? It's just not a good time for me to spend any money, but I have you, this is awesome. And I, I, and I, I wish you all the best and luck and I'm like, no problem. I didn't want anyone to spend money. They didn't have, but what we did is we got people to respond and I'll never forget those first like few hours of the campaign where it's like my brother, Brian, you know, one of the first people to back us. And then my business partner's cousin, Sandy, I remember she backed us. And then this, you know, my cousin and my friend and a friend from high school. And then all of a sudden we're trending on the crowdfunding platform. And then some guy, I remember Johannes, Back and I have no idea who you who's Johannes. I looked up <laughs> Berlin. Berlin just bought. So now it started to feel different. You start to feel this momentum. Yeah. And so we manufactured the initial momentum. And from there, it created a momentum of its own. And people want to back other campaigns if they see it's already successful. Like Johannes might not have bought if there was only like two orders and like no one backed our thing, but because it was only an hour in and we were like 90% funded already, he wanted to be a part of this. You know, there's something alluring. Yeah. The, that's why, that's why easy shoes do so well. It's because everyone wants it. There's something exciting about that. Right. Yeah. So that was uh, one of the key things. And the other thing that was really important for us. And I think people don't talk about this enough is just the fact that there, we, we were in the right place at the right time. Timing matters. And I told you about my story about how when I was traveling, I was wearing Marina Wool t-shirts, but I didn't like the way they looked. 
I was looking for a plain black V-neck, a nice fitting shirt, but I couldn't find it in Marina. Well, everything was a base layer that was meant to be under your jacket for skiing or something you go running with. So the reason we created this company is because I felt I'm like, why are people not using this miracle fabric to make stuff that's a little bit more stylish in terms of the fit, a little bit more simple, doesn't have reflective visible logos on it, just like a plain, like I wanted it for me. And because I found that hole in the market, I'm like, I've seen this before with my friends have created successful e-commerce businesses. They created it when they thought this doesn't exist the way I want it to exist, or I could do it better. And for the first time, I was trying to think of what product I could sell for years. I really was, my mind frame was around finding something that I can create an e-commerce business in. I wanted to do that. But when I felt like I could do it better than what I was seeing out there, I'm like, this is the idea. There's a hole in the market. So there's timing really matters. If we were to come up with this idea today, it's, I think it's too late. I think that we came in with the style that we were coming in, the positioning we were coming in with, when it just wasn't out there. So we manufactured momentum and the timing. Those are the two things we did that I think were very critical to us having a successful crowdfunding campaign. Nice. It's really good advice. Um, congrats on everything too. I think it's really cool what you've done. And I like the way you live, your style and, and, and uh, your mentality about business and life is really, it's very similar to mine. And I, and I enjoy hearing your perspective on things. So Thanks, man. Yeah. What's it? You got a cause figure in the back, huh? Yeah, my business partner gave it to me for my birthday. Yeah, it's dope. And I have a little, this guy over here is a big, it's a big pharma thing that the pharmaceutical companies used to use to try to sell Ritalin to doctors. Oh my God. So it says Ritalin with the chemical code. And I thought it was just hilarious. Because <laughs> it's like, this is, uh, this is how you get kids hooked on Ritalin with this like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so I just thought, I, I saw it in Japan. And I thought it was the funniest thing. It's a video yeah. show. I had to have it. So, uh, Dan, where can people find you in, in the business online? Uh, Unbound Merino. Just type that into Google. We're on Instagram, at Unbound Merino, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. And, and yeah, that's where we are. Awesome. All right, last question. It's a doozy. Uh, what's the impact you want to have on the world, either through your business or just your, your own personal ventures in life? You know, I think one of the most important things uh, is the feeling of freedom, you know, freedom to live the way that you're living your true self. And that's what our company really stands for. Like that's what unbound the name means um, in terms of creating the business model that we wanted. Like it, it, it's, it permeates through everything we do right to the product. So, you know, if we can help enable people to be more free of clutter, more free of, materialism free of luggage free just like to 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 get rid of what doesn't matter so you can make room for what does that's like the ethos that goes through everything that we do so if we inspire that through our messaging through our products um to our to our staff that we work with the partners we work with everything that's like that's our goal that's awesome very cool i really appreciate it, dan it's great to connect yeah, man. That was great. I think I feel like we're buds. Yeah. Me too. I've known you forever. <laughs> I need some gear now. Yeah. I'll send it to you. I'll connect <laughs> with you and I'll send you a bunch of stuff. Cool, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, man. It was great. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.